Happy Hobo Week and welcome back to Coffee with Kojo, a podcast produced by the School of Communication and Journalism at South Dakota State University. My name is Dr. Rocky Daly and I'm an associate professor in the school. This week, student host Sam Schauer interviews Keith Jensen. Keith graduated from SDSU in 1956 with a degree in journalism and was the first full-time director of the SDSU Alumni Association and was also the former director of the South Dakota Newspaper Association. Sam spoke with Keith about his longtime association with SDSU. Lake Preston was my home when I came to South Dakota State. First 12 years of my life were spent in New Mexico, California, and Texas. And I came to uh, South Dakota in 1946. In 46, and uh, what what uh, what made SDSU? What did you want to choose SDSU? Was it just close, or? Well, when I was uh, uh, at Lake Lake Preston High School, I was uh, a sports editor, and also uh, for the local paper for my uh, high school paper, and involved with the South Dakota High School Association, uh, which had newspaper uh, division. And uh, in fact, met a good friend that was a friend for life uh, who was president at that time, was traveling around. And I was reporting news for the, uh, the Lake Preston High School. And also I was a stringer for uh, the, uh, what's today is called today, USA Today. Uh, I was a stringer on sports, uh, so I'd send stuff to them on our high school. So I got involved with it and came down for a visit and decided uh, that's where I wanted to be. Dang, that is nice. And then, so, you went to, then was your major, like, uh, journalism, or was it? It it was. I forgot to mention, uh, I won't string this out too far, but I went to work at the Lake Preston Times uh, when I was a freshman in high school. And I was in the hot metal days, and uh, uh, I had to learn, I learned all the things about running the press and and setting the type hand, setting the headlines, and so forth. And when I was uh, I was a freshman, and when I was a sophomore, the fellow that ran the linotype left, and nobody knew how to run the linotype, and so it was a real question: what we're going to do? And found out that the band director now this is a good one the band director knew how to run a linotype, so he knew how to run a linotype. The publisher was a high school teacher that had just bought the new paper, newspaper and didn't know anything about it, and so he uh, so it was me. And the band director that put the paper out for about four months. Because <laughs> I did all the, all the makeup of the pages and the running of the press and the casting of the cast iron and so forth. So anyway, that's how I got my start in newspapering. I should have mentioned that and then decided South Coast State was the right place. So how big was like the journalism uh, uh, I guess like journalism building here at SDSU at the time? It, it was the uh, this building originally was built just before I got here and uh, so but it was never expanded like it did when uh, Anson and Ada May Yeager uh, uh, came with the funds to expand the center okay okay so um so then uh what did you, so then what did you do after you graduated uh, from SDSU oh boy lots of things <laughs> but uh quickly I was uh, first of all I was in the army because uh, I was in ROTC and I was drafted. And so I spent a few years in the Army. And when I came back, I looked for a job and got one at Madison as uh, editor of the Daily Leader there uh, by George Hunter, who is uh, grandfather of uh, 
the hunter that just, just sold the paper there. And uh, so anyway, then I went, I, I actually was sports editor at Watertown, public opinion. And then I decided I wanted to buy a newspaper, so I looked around and found a paper in uh, Peoria, Arizona, a weekly newspaper on the edge of uh, Peoria, Phoenix at, in Peoria, and uh, bought the paper, spent eight years there. I uh, decided I wanted to bring my kids back to South Dakota to raise them. I, I preferred uh, learning in South Dakota to what was happening in Arizona. A lot of problems starting to show up, drugs were starting to show up. Uh, too big, fast growth for me. I like the laid-back South Dakota. And so I moved back uh, and was offered a job as managing editor of the Watertown Public Opinion uh, and uh, took that uh, to get started. And then in 1971, I interviewed for the, be the first alumni director at South Dakota State. And I took that job, and, and then I was there till I, uh, for 10 years, and finally... Uh, managed the South Dakota Newspaper Association for my last 10 years. So now you've uh, seen a trail for the <laughs> for 50 years, and that's the way it was. Yeah, and uh, David Bordewick, when I was at uh, the SDNA newspaper convention last week, uh, mentioned you and thought you'd be a great choice. And I'm excited to hear about some of the stories. So we'll get right in, we'll get right into it. What was Hobo Week back? What was Hobo Week uh, like back in 1950? 19 like mid 50s it was it was uh, a lot different than it is today not with the spirit but uh, I guess uh, but you know floats in the days that I was in college here the four years I was here were uh, were very big projects for different groups and they would build a float and they would put a lot of money into it and they would build it and there was most beautiful float most unusual float best float whatever for this or that, and so there were a lot of prizes and everything. So, uh, pharmacy uh, either had more money or uh, harder workers because <laughs> they would traditionally have the the most beautiful float. Now there were all kinds of categories. So there was like unusual floats, odd floats, and so forth. But uh, but it was mostly a float and a band. A high school, a lot of high school bands, the same as we have it now. And uh, that was pretty much what Hobity was. Dang, yeah. Did they have, like, events like a one-month club? Or? There was, yeah, there were shaving. I'm sorry you brought that up because I have to, I have to confess that uh, I never had, I've been kind of hirsute. I never had a lot of facial hair. <laughs> so I didn't shave, uh, and they had a contest for the, you know, the most beautiful float, the longest float, I mean, a beard, the longest, uh, most attractive, all of these things. And I entered, and they gave me an award for best try, <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> I uh, so I enjoyed that. I <laughs> so I actually got an award there. And then again, as I said, I was uh, was uh, the uh, news uh, publicity chairman in 1954 for that. And so then I did a lot of work with that year. Yeah, I hear ya. Um, I actually did it this year. Uh, didn't win, but. <laughs> I guess I'll try again next year. I, start start early. Start, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Ah man. Who knows? Maybe maybe it'll get a little thicker next year. But so then, what was Hobo Day like? Then was like Hobo Day like just this big thing, or was it just like every other uh, day in Hobo Week? No, it was uh, it was it was the football game. But now understand that at that time we were at what 
what they called Old State Field, which was bleachers, wooden bleachers on the side of the football field that ran up both sides of the football field. And it's just north there of where, where Jaeger Hall is at. And uh, Anyway, that uh, was uh, the original football field. So, you know, uh, we had uh, like, uh, I had maybe 350 in my class or 400, I think. So we were like 1,200, 1,500 students. So it would still be crowds at the football game, but it wasn't what you would picture today in the, today's setting. So football was big, and the parade was big, and it had events during the week the same way. Uh, and uh, so it was, it, was, it was a fun week. Was uh, Brookings pretty huge, too? Because uh, I've, I've been here for two years, and this is, the, this is like kind of the first year that like I've seen like fo- fall football, and it looks like the whole community of Brookings just loves this team, and they just flock to the games. Is it pretty like that in the 50s? Yeah, not, not really. To be honest with you, uh, it didn't mean there weren't people that came to the football game. But first of all, we probably only had seating for, I'm going to say, 800 out there at the football field. Just a wild guess. But uh, So when you got about 600 students, it didn't take too many people. And Brookings was smaller. Brookings has grown a lot. You know, Brookings, Brookings is a very unusual community. A lot of people wouldn't understand it if they haven't been here. But we have probably got some of the largest well-known nationally manufacturing firms in Brookings as compared to any other town of the size of Brookings. Uh, when you take, uh, you know, 3M and Larson and uh, Twin City Fan and Blower and Bell brands, and I mean, take all of those, the numbers here, uh, along with the faculty at South Dakota State, are just uh, huge numbers. So, so Brookings has grown a lot uh, since my days here. None of those were here at that time. Okay. The real question, though, is was the football team really good back then, too? Not bad. Uh, <laughs> Pete Retzloff was uh, my dorm proctor, and Pete Retzloff went on to be an outstanding Philadelphia Eagles and uh, all put in the uh, Football Hall of Fame and uh, a great guy. Uh, so, and, I mean, there were plenty of others. We were pretty, pretty decent. I don't know that I can quote you the, should have probably looked it up, quote you our, our years there, but I know we had, I know I was on two uh, conference track championships, and I know the football team won championships, and I don't remember if they were every year or, you know, every third year or whatever it was. So then you were with newspapers. Did you work with, like, the Collegian here, and then were you, like, the sports editor, or? I was, uh, I was uh, managing editor, and then I was editor at the Collegian, and senior year 1956 dang yeah it's i mean i'm working with collegian right now it's a fun time i love it so uh. yeah yeah well, i had a good time too we were we were at that time we were up in the old union we had an office up there and we had lots of games of uh we were using the trash can and a little softball we played a lot of uh, basketball up in the uh end of the union where the uh the, we were there, the newspaper, and the annual was there. It was on the west side of the union's second floor union. So. Okay. Well, I'm just curious right now. Um, so were you there when uh, Frost Arena was built, or was it? St- were you still playing in the barn? Well, when, when I came, uh, you know, I was gone from the time I graduated until, uh, like I said, uh, 1971 is when I came back to Brookings. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and it, but I but I was sports editor at Watertown, and I came down and covered the Jacks, 
And uh, we were in the old uh, armory on uh, Frost wasn't built. And Frost was built, in fact, I think 71, but I can be a year off on that to when it was finished. Okay, okay. So then um, what kind of what kind of memories do you have here at SDSU? Do you got like a favorite one or Well, well, I you know, I love the school. It was it's a good place like it continues to be today. Athletics was very fine, nothing wrong with that. And I and I loved uh, the classes and uh, the opportunities I got in the newspaper and so forth. And uh, I'm going to mention because you won't know how to bring this up, but I, I was I I do believe uh, that I am the only, maybe the only South Dakota State person, but certainly the only uh, Hobo Day Committee person, who actually rode the rails with the bums. I uh, I was. Uh, uh, got a job uh, my freshman year out in the West Coast working for the Ag Department where they were uh, working with forestry and uh, beetles and bugs, and we had a job to do out there, and I signed up for that. But I didn't have any way to get out there. I didn't have any money, uh, very little. I mean, not, not uh, much. So I, and there's a lot of hitchhiking in my day. They were, hitchhiking was big. And, you know, after the wars, everybody picked up hitchhikers. Uh, got to the 1960s, things changed a little bit. But uh, uh, anyway, so I hitchhiked up to Aberdeen and uh, talked to the guys in the rails there and said, what time does a train come through going to the west? And they said, 10 o'clock, and it'll have a flag on it, and it'll go all the way to the west coast. And I said, okay. So I hopped on the freight, and I rode with about 40, 40 guys. At that time, bums, bums were big. On the, on the rails because uh, they didn't. Money was a lot scarcer. I mean, things were tough after the war, and I mean, you know, things were getting going. So there were a lot of hobos, and uh, just uh, you know, 24 hours and uh, almost 30 hours, and I had a good time. I talked to some guys and uh, and uh, had some good experiences. So I got to be a hobo. So I, it's in my blood. <laughs> All right. So you you mentioned that you were part of the Hobo Day Committee. Can you uh, talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, yeah. Vance Navy was the uh, chairman that year, and Vance and his wife Virginia Driving Hawks Navy uh, live in Flandreau. He was a Flandreau boy, and they uh, uh, he was the chairman. Uh, I was the publicity chairman for him. And Virginia is a well-known author for anybody that knows South Dakota State and uh, South Dakota State authors. Uh, wrote a lot of books and uh, uh, very nice people. And anyway, so I participated in all the fun things and I was a publicity chairman. And I might kind of add that the night before Hobo Day, uh, my duties were done. I couldn't send anything more to the papers or to the radio stations or whatever. So I got a little carried away and I had kind of a bad Friday evening, but I got up in time for Hobo Day. So. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, jeez. <laughs> so now what else can I tell you about that time? Anyway, it was a good time. And, and Hobo Day was big with the students, just as big as it is now. Mm -hmm. Just a heck of a lot more students now. Yeah. So just for my uh, curious sake, I'm a, I'm a, um, I am a part of the Pride, so the Pride SDSU. Was the Pride pretty big at that time? Or? The band was big, uh, not, but nothing like it is these days. I mean, after all, remember what size school we were, how many students we had, you know, like 
3,000 or 2,800, I think, my freshman year, something like that. Anyway, uh, so it wasn't uh, as big, but it was well-known, had an absolutely well-known director, and they did uh, uh, perform in Canada uh, and uh, in one of the, either the Macy Parade or one of the big events, and uh, so similar to today's South Dakota State University band, which is a lot bigger and just as well-known and just as uh, important, so... Okay. What kind of what uh, what dorms did you live in during this time? I lived in Scobie Hole. I mean, excuse me, Scobie Hall. Uh, later, there was a term for it. That time. <laughs> Scobie was a, uh, a dorm. I lived in the basement of that my freshman year, and Pete Retzloff was my rector on the floor. That was he was the guy that made sure everybody checked in and everything was and you behaved and all that. So uh, that's on the west side of the campus, and then got used for faculty offices, and I think, I'm not sure what its future is now. I think they're moving the faculty out of there. But. Yeah, it was, uh, was like, it's kind of funny looking back. Was, like, Young Hall or, like, Pearson Hall, like, built yet? Or? The old, no, the, the only ho two halls were Wakota and Winona on the women's side. Oh. And uh, and then Scobie Hall and Ag, Ag Men's Hall, which sat right south of Scobie Hall, uh, and right, was removed right about the time we built the Alumni Center over there on that side to tell you where the campus, where it was at. And then they started, uh, they just built one while I was in school called Development Hall. And it was the first one on the east side of the campus. Uh, long gone, but uh, so that was all. I mean, again, we didn't have that many students, you know, and there was plenty of private housing too. I, I only stayed in the dorms two years and then I was in private home for two years. That's a lot of people did. Okay, okay. Uh, you mentioned you had kids. Were, did your kids go to SDSU too? Or? I had, uh, I have four, four children, two boys, two girls. My uh, one son was killed in an automobile accident. Uh, he did not go to school. And then David, my next son, went to, uh, got an ROTC scholarship at the University of Minnesota, so he didn't go there. But then my daughter, uh, Kathy, went and uh, and her daughter, Anna, was uh, just a graduate here a year ago, got married to another SDSU graduate, Lane Spears, one of the track athletes. And uh, so I've got some some followers coming up. <laughs> oh, so I also need to confirm this. I want to make sure. So David, uh, David Bordewick said that your Twitter handle is JaxFan1 or number Actually, one? Actually, Jack's number one. <laughs> and I got that name. I mean, because a lot of people are Jack's number one fans. I mean, they certainly believe it themselves. And you know, I I'll take something. I've been 50-year season ticket holder in all sports at SDSU. So uh, so anyway, I. Uh, uh, but what happened was uh, a big follower of the wrestling team, and we went to a tournament down in Omaha, and uh, one of the uh, uh, wrestlers had uh, a party afterwards and uh, and had, had uh, some beer and stuff there at one of the local hotels or whatever. And uh, when I came in, he handed me uh, uh, a plastic glass and he had read on there, wrote on there, Jack's number one fan. <laughs> and so I just said, well, okay, I'm, that's just what I'll be. <laughs> that was a long time ago. That was long before you had uh, Twitter and all of those things. But I just... And it came to use it in my Twitter account eventually, and uh, so. Yeah, 
That's yeah. how that happened. I like that. That's a that's a good that's a good name. You know, I mean, it's easy to remember. Yeah. So, and you, you definitely dressed the part. So. <laughs> oh, so um, you said you were a ticket holder for fifty years here, or yep, seventy one. When I came back to be alumni director, uh, I I I attended some, but I wasn't a season ticket holder. I was at Watertown a couple of times, and I came down and well, covered it when I was the sports editor and. And just came down and bought tickets when I was, but yeah, 50 years. And this will be my uh, 60th Hobo Day that I've been at. So I missed those when I was out of state and so forth. But uh, uh, my last, my first Hobo Day was when I was a senior in high school, Lake Preston, and I came over to Hobo Day. And, uh, and then every time I was back, any time I could, I went. So. Do you remember which uh, football teams you played against? Uh, was it was it like NDSU always on the always on the team? No, or? I don't think so. But to be honest with you, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I should look that up. I know then I could answer that question. Okay, that's no big deal. Um, so then, uh, Rob, it's season ticket holder. Um, do you like football? Do you or do you like going to like the basketball too, or like volleyball? <laughs> I'd have a hard time grading them. I wouldn't miss a football game, but and I don't miss a men's or women's basketball game unless there's something wrong. And uh, I've texted those. I don't miss a wrestling match. I'm season ticket holder there. Uh, track and field is a hard sport to follow, even though it's my sport. But I mean, we don't have many events. And cross country we have, and I, you know, I go to the cross country meets or and so track meets indoors. But there's not much for there. And uh, then volleyball and. Softball and baseball, mostly baseball because I'm a big baseball fan. And softball and baseball somehow schedule their games together a lot, and you can't get over watching both. So, ah, uh. jeez, oh, yeah. Um, you brought you mentioned that this is your 60th um, hobo hobo day that you've witnessed. Um, I'm gonna be honest, this is gonna be my first. Uh, <laughs> well, we didn't have one last year because of you know yeah, the pandemic. Uh, so well, yeah, and I have to say that's right. I, uh, so probably actually if I counted them now, I'd probably have to say 59 coming up. But I think I counted all the years from 71 up. So uh, you're right on that. Well, good for you. You'll be and you can start thinking about what you're going to be doing 60 years from now and, and uh, be at home today. <laughs> oh, man. Do you, do you ever just think like, man, it's been 60 years since 51 or is it just like every day you just keep working or? Yeah, well, you know, it, it's the greatest place in the world to live is working. So, I mean, I firmly believe that. I mean, you can say, well, I like to be in Minnesota at the University of Minnesota. I wouldn't live in the cities that size uh, anymore when I can have a size that's just right, fits right, no people, friendly, good university, wins lots of games, does <laughs> lots of good things. Right, yep. Why you say, what else do you need? And... Uh, as uh, the years fly by, I think more about the years are flying by, but <laughs> not so much anything to do with what I have to do. I uh, keep pretty busy. Ah, no, like I said, I'm excited for this whole day. Um, I grew up in Aberdeen, South Dakota, so it was always like uh, northern state uh, gypsy gypsy days were coming. So, sure. you know, they, they, we always had a parade on Main Street, but um, we actually just got the details today. Uh, in Aberdeen, Gypsy Days Parade is only like a mile long. This the the Hobo Day Parade is going to be like two and a half miles long. So it's, no, it is. it's a big, um, big it's one. a lot bigger. South Dakota State's a lot bigger than Northern, and 
Northern does good. They've got nice campus and nice university, and they do good too. And they and they they're doing well because they're in a size as big as big as Brookings, a little a little bigger in terms of trade territory and everything. So they're doing pretty good. Yeah, I've also uh, gone to their stadium. It's very nice. It's mm-hmm. a new stadium. Um, Shane, they only play like four or like four or five regular season games in that stadium, but and that is a pretty that is a pretty stadium. I haven't seen it, but I look forward to going up there someday. I hear. So, um, trying to think, um, is there anything anything else you'd like to well, bring up? Well, I'll just I'll follow through a little bit on your original question about Hobo Day then and Hobo Day now and along the way because. Uh, when I came back as alumni director, then that's when uh, the uh, car floats, car floats began, where they started out in automobiles, and then they built roofs on them, and then they built uh, decks on them, and then they added a lot of things, and so they they replaced the floats. I mean, the floats were pretty much secondhand uh, after that. That was there were so many much of that, and the kids enjoyed it. More, uh, more raucous and something they could do without as much work. They could just take an old car and you know dress it up a little bit. And so that was kind of happened, and uh, and then that eventually got outlawed because they had a couple of accidents and they got very worried about getting sued to the university for allowing them to ride in some of the contraptions that were built. So so then it got back to kind of floats, but not quite like floats in the fifties. I mean it just. It difference. I don't know what it is. Just uh, never got back to uh, uh, really saying we're going to put out a big, beautiful. It doesn't. There are floats, and they put some money and some time in them. But I would have to say they're less. But then there's all the other things that come along, and all the dignitaries, and the bands, and the, you know. So it's still, as you say, two and a half months of uh, uh, two and a half miles of uh, of things to watch and see in the Hobo Day Parade. And it wasn't that long back in my day, believe me. Oh gosh, um, I'm just I'm just thinking. Uh, did you have like a, did you have like a, a restaurant uh, you and your friends went to? Was uh, I'm trying to think. Like was uh, was Nick's? There, there was Nick. Uh, Nick's has Nick's has been here since 1929. So you know, Nick's was here, uh, and Nick was there. Actually, his father was the founder, and Nick, Nick, who was really Nick though for 25 years or 30 uh, when I was in school, and then up till uh, he. Uh, is gone. I mean, it was gone probably 20 years ago. I mean, you know, so, but Nick's was, Nick's was the place. And uh, we had a, a white spot out on the west end of town. If you go out on the highway going out of town, you'll see that building out there, but it was not, not the, there's a car parts thing out there. Well, that was where the white spot was. And it was a, a familiar place because it was a small place counter seats and a few booths and you know everybody would run out there to see people or whatever so and there were restaurants downstairs downtown too but not as not as many as today and not as not as big this podcast is the property of the school of communication and journalism at south dakota state university which reserves all rights to its use Music by Cody M. Johnson and Tyler Addison James is licensed through AMP Music.